All right, it's so great to be on the podcast with you here in between Christmas break and New Year's. Church, I'm praying for you. Uh, podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in today. So, so far, we have covered the story of real life. We've covered the vision of real life. We've covered the mission of real life. Our vision is what we want to become, and our mission and strategy is what we do to become. So we implement Jesus's mission that he entrusted to us in order to become a flourishing people in a multiplying movement. Uh, now we're today we're going to talk about our strategy. Our strategy is what we do, like our mission. It's what we do in order to become the flourishing people in a multiplying movement. But a strategy is different uh, than a mission, at least in how we see it. Uh, in other words, our mission is unchanging. Jesus gave us that mission. But our strategy can be tweaked. Our strategy may be reshaped for a particular uh, emphasis. Our strategy may be a response to challenges that we're facing in the culture that we live in. Our strategy may be based upon new discoveries or new opportunities or new challenges that the church is facing. Um, a good example of, of a strategy that has changed over time is that people used to uh, do church buses and they would go through neighborhoods and load up kids and they would bus people in, you know, from all over the town to, uh, you know, to bring them in. Well, that's a strategy that's not used much today. Um, there's other strategies. You know, you go back 30, 40 years and, and there, a church didn't have a website. They, they, they just didn't, they, they didn't exist. They didn't utilize them. And new technologies and new discoveries and, and the way the world has changed um, we now have websites. We now have podcasts. 30 years ago, nobody in a church listened to a podcast. So this is a new strategy. Um, and so we've summarized our strategy uh, in four ways. It's not the only thing that we do at the church. Clearly, I'm on the podcast right now, and I'm not listing it as one of our strategies. But our strategy at Real Life is short. It's pithy. It rhymes a little bit so that you can remember it. But it's it's theologically rich, and it's intentional to accomplish what God has commissioned us to do. So our strategy is this. It's gathering, giving, serving, and living. Say it with me. If you're in your car, if you're if you're on the couch, wherever you're working out, say it with me. Gathering, giving, serving, and living. That's our strategy. And indeed, when people commit to membership at Real Life Church, that's actually what we're asking them to commit to. Gathering, giving, serving, and living. I'm just going to speak real briefly today on that. I'm not going to go long on our strategy. I'm just going to give you a tiny taste. But you may wonder, why is our strategy gathering? Why is that? Isn't that just assumed? Like, why do we even articulate gathering as a strategy? Well, we live in a very unique day, don't we? Where we come out of a, kind of a post-COVID reality where many people during COVID began to stop gathering. They just didn't gather. You have lots of people today that think that they can attend church by listening to a podcast or watching a video on YouTube or on Facebook on their couch and in their pajamas. But this is so insufficient for what God envisioned for his church. Listen to the way the author of Hebrews words this. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. The author of Hebrews says the day is drawing near. Christ is going to come again. He's going to judge the living and the dead. We need to always keep that in focus. And so in light of Christ's return, we should not stop meeting together. And the reason that the author of Hebrews said we should meet together is not to hear the sermon fundamentally. It's, it's not the reason. 
a lot of times people will say, hey, listen to the sermon. Well, that's great, but that's not the fundamental reason for the church gathering together, according to the author of Hebrews in verse 24. Listen to it again. He says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to, to love and to good works. That's why we're gathering. We're gathering to come together, to say hello, to greet one another warmly, to pray together and to encourage one another to live out the mission. We gather to stir one another up. We gather to remind ourselves and to, rem- and to remind the rest of the church we're not alone. We're part of a family. We're not, we're not going solo. We're no, there's no Lone Rangers here. So we emphasize as part of our strategy, gathering. Church, I want you to know that you have a ministry of presence. When you gather, you're ministering to other people merely by your presence. Indeed, when you choose not to gather, you're choosing not to minister to other people by not giving them the gift of your presence. That may sound a little elementary and that may sound a a little weird and you may not even give yourself enough credit that your presence is a blessing to other people. I want to assure you today, it is. Your presence gathering together with the church is so important that the author of Hebrews specifically, explicitly said, don't stop gathering together. And he went ahead and acknowledged some people have done that. He said, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Isn't it interesting? A thousand years later, you know, 1,500 years later from when Hebrews was written, we still have this problem. People not gathering together, getting into the habit, whether it's travel sports or people being lazy or sleep or a a weekend at the lake or whatever it may be. It's so easy for people to get in the habit of not gathering together. So that's why it's one of our first pieces of strategy. And what I want what I want you to hear from me today is when you get up, when you get out of bed, when you get dressed, when you get your cup of coffee, when you get in the car, when you drive to gather with the people of Real Life Church, you're ministering to others. You're blessing others. You're obeying the Lord. You're taking this first step in real life strategy of gathering, and it's exactly what the Lord has instructed us to do. So thank you for gathering. If you need to be spurned on today, if you need to be encouraged, if you need to hear a a loving rebuke, gather, gather, gather together so that you can encourage others and so that others can encourage you. You know, as you think about our need to experience the transcendence of God, when we gather together, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God's everywhere. He's omnipresent, but he has chosen to show up in a special way, in a unique way. When God's people gather together and sing his praises, we experience the manifested presence of God and we experience the transcendence of God. And friends, when you don't regularly experience that, your soul shrivels up. That's why we need to gather. Gathering, giving, serving, and living. Um, Giving, it's at the heart of the gospel, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God led out in giving by sacrificing his greatest treasure. Jesus uh, gathered the disciples around when the widow in the temple was giving her might, all that she had. And Jesus commended her sacrificial giving. The reason giving is so important is that it shows where our heart is. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's uh, you can kind of tell what people love by looking at their, their bank account, by looking at their credit card statement, by looking at their checkbook. You can tell what people love by where they invest their resources. That's why Jesus had so much to say about money. You know, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Isn't that stunning? That should get our attention. And that should cause us to say, oh, Lord, let me honor you with my financial resources. 
Let me steward what you've entrusted to me to demonstrate to you that, that, that I love you. The Bible actually describes wealth as the deceitfulness of riches. So be careful, be careful not to believe money's lie to you, that it'll satisfy you and provide you security. Be careful not to believe that lie and be careful to sacrifice, to give to the Lord. Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So love the Lord, demonstrate your love for the Lord by investing your treasure in the mission of the church. I want to say thank you because real life, you have been tremendously generous uh, through the Our Time Vision so many of you have expanded your giving. It's allowed us to break ground, to build a facility. It's allowed us to care for our neighbors down the street with, uh, with house fires. It's allowed us to care for people um, in the wake of tornadoes. There's so many people we care for on a regular basis. It allows us to fuel our ministries forward, send students to camp, and host a whole, a whole host of other ministries. We pay for child care out of community groups through your giving. And you have been so generous, church. On the whole, you have been so generous. Thank you. Make 2024 your most intentional year yet in how you steward the resources that God has entrusted to you. Gathering, giving, serving, and living. Are you serving anywhere in the church? Have you rolled up your sleeves to contribute? Surely you don't want to just be a consumer. <laughs> Surely you don't want to just be on the receiving end. Surely you want to be a part. You want to have skin in the game. You want to show up and meet needs. Um, there's stories and stories I could tell about a Sunday school teacher I had my sophomore year in high school. Um, they weren't particularly cool. They weren't particularly hip, but they loved me and they showed up. They served. Um, you can have an impact on people's lives when you serve. If you don't know where to serve, you can attend the path. You can find out about all the service opportunities in our, in our church. Uh, if you don't know where to serve, you can text mission to 97,000 right now and a menu will come up. You can say, I want to serve. And uh, you get that process going. Where will you serve in 2024? Are you growing weary of serving? Have you committed to too many areas or are you just growing weary? You know, the Bible says don't grow weary in doing, in, in doing good. Why, why, why does God say don't grow weary in doing good? It's because we would be tempted to grow weary in it. We would be tempted to think we could do it for a season and then just check out and pass it on to somebody else. Church, I want to encourage you, don't grow weary in doing good good. Oftentimes, one of the reasons we grow weary in serving is because we're not delighting in God. Have you made that connection? Sometimes service feels like a burden, and sometimes it feels like a burden because we're not delighting in God. Delighting in God is our mission. It's irreplaceable. You can't, you can't substitute it, and you can't forsake it. And if you do, you won't have a supply to serve out of. Church, I'm praying for you as you consider where in 2024 you'll serve. The virtues that the Bible gives us that are beautiful are perseverance and endurance and if you've grown a little weary, I just want to encourage you to go deep with God and persevere as you serve the Lord. Thank you, church. It's one of my favorite things when friends visit our church and they stand back and watch the army of faithful servants execute, load in, load out, running real life kids. Um, so church, you guys are awesome at this. You're amazing at this. And you are a joy to watch in action. Gathering, giving, serving, and living Jesus said that we'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We live as witnesses of Jesus. Everywhere we go, we represent, we represent him. In Romans 12, the Apostle Paul said, um, don't, be, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's what we're talking about, living. Live as a witness of Jesus. Live your life for the glory of God. Live out loud for him on mission in obedience and holiness and love 
empowered by his spirit, motivated by your love for him, gathering, giving, serving, and living. It's our strategy here. It's not all that we do, but it's our focus. Thank you for committing to our strategy.